Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode five of Tread On Me. Uh, me and Jake are excited about this episode. We're going to try something a little bit different this week. We don't have a main uh, topic, so we're just going to kind of go through a bunch of interesting news stories. We'll still check out the meme segment, and we'll look at uh, what's going on in government. But other than that, we'll just kind of let the topics decide how much we chat about them. And uh, we'll, we might take next week off for July 4th, or maybe we'll get together and do some Facebook live streams. So we'll definitely let you know what we do for that. And how are you doing this week, Jake? I'm fantastic. How are you doing, Sam? <laughs> it's a Monday morning. I got coffee, so it's not bad at all. We're ready to go. All right, let's jump in. I like it. So uh, first thing that popped up in the news this week uh, that I thought was interesting is Trump signed an order about making hospital costs transparent. My first thing I thought about this, like, man, this is awesome because I could price shop at hospitals. Like, you know, if I want to get x-ray or other stuff, like, they'd have to tell me what it costs, and I could call their hospitals and see. I, that would lower costs. My second thought was like, why does government have this much power over a, an industry if they can just dictate what they do? So what do you think, Jake? Do you think this will help lower costs for healthcare, or do you think this is government overreaching? I think it's a good thing. I mean, we could be able to see what we're going to be paying for, and then maybe that would incentivize uh, healthcare providers to be more transparent, maybe even lower costs. Maybe there could be like a you know, pricing competition there. Yeah, I always thought it should just be like a menu. You go to a, you go to a hospital and it says, these are the standard treatments we do. Here's a menu, of like you know, of like costs they are, and you can put like an asterisk by them, like you know, if complications may cost more, and then give you an estimate based off that. But uh, it's amazing to me it's taken Trump signing an executive order to do this, and that consumers haven't demanded years ago. Because I cannot think of a single other industry that you can't get an idea of what the cost is before you go in, or if you know what it is. It's insane to me. I feel like that has a lot to do with the uh, insurance companies kind of worming their way into the uh, red tape. Yeah, I read that. Like, uh, it's like most prices are negotiated secretly by hospitals and insurance agencies. So, um, yeah, I'd say insurance agencies are a big part of it, too. It's it's weird. Uh, it makes me, my wife's happy what he's doing in this regard. I just don't know if it's a good precedent that, you know, any any president who disagrees with this, whether Sanders, elector, Biden can just unsign off an executive order and we lose the good it's done because no one will stand up and just demand that prices are shown. Uh, next up on the news, so I don't know a ton about this. I don't know if you've read more about this detention crisis. It kind of took the news headlines for most of the week at the border. Did you read anything about this or? I lose you, Jake. You there? Yes, I'm there. You're okay. back. Perfect. Yeah, I'm so, back. I'm back. Sorry, sorry about the technical difficulty there. Anyways, detention yeah. crisis. Uh, did you hear anything yeah. about this? Yeah, we're running Nazi concentration camps down at our southern border. I've heard a lot of people compare this to concentration camps. Um, from the few articles I read, it well, definitely. Not very humane. There's poor living conditions, overcrowded. You know, their kids aren't getting what they what you know you should get to stay healthy for long term um, containment. But uh, I find it hard to believe it's a concentration camp. No, I don't. I don't think they're concentration camps either because they can leave. You know, we 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 do have a crisis right now. We've already broken records about how many people have been coming to the border. And I, I agree. I think that we should have um, healthy immigration. That's very. That's a. That's actually a strength for a country to have a healthy um, 
amount of people coming in and, you know, um, having a different perspective on things, even if you look at it from, you know, maybe a scientific eye, most of the majority of the Nobel laureates are Americans and, and the majority of those people who are Americans who receive the Nobel Prize are immigrants. Um, I just don't think we should allow the floodgates to open them up. Probably you should maybe. Yeah, you mentioned these people can leave. Can they actually leave the camp? Because I know a lot of them are kids. It's the ones that are freaking out because they're separated from their parents. So can parents just pick up their kids from these camps and leave if they go back to their home country? Or is this like an indefinite detainment? Not entirely sure about that. So I would need to re-look into that. But I know that these people can, the adults can leave if they don't. Because they're what they're doing is they're trying to seek asylum in the United States. That's all they're really looking for. Because mm -hmm. they're trying to escape whatever, you know, political persecution or that. Or maybe, I, you know, I, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. I'm not living down there. I don't really know. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of hoopla going around about it. We, you know, we have people on one side. You know, it's very tribalistic, I think. When people on one side screaming about how, you know, we're tearing families apart and how we're awful for not wanting to just let them in. And you got other side of the you know on the other corner of the ring people saying that you know we need to keep them out and they're taking our jobs and they're you know living off enough and but welfare and assistance it's all just hyperbole and i think instead of getting things done um the congress well actually i'm not sure maybe they did award some money i think they might they, have this passed. they did yeah aid got passed well i found interesting with the aid they got passed though because i was looking up some of the vote counts and like one of the things that popped up is that AOC, I think a few other Democrats, I can't remember the exact, I remember the Republicans were in there, but I know for sure AOC voted against the funding, which I thought was interesting because normally, you know, they're for big government, more spending to fix problems, but she voted against it. She didn't want um, Trump's administration, especially the ICE uh, side of it to get to get that funding, but she didn't want it to ICE to be able to like, you know, further enforce immigration laws and things like of that sort. So it is interesting how these politicians seem to cherry pick their issues. I mean, one, we, we see this huge thing, you know, it's like, hey, you know, there's definitely a problem. We're not treating our prisoners or illegal immigrants or undocumented citizens, whatever you want to call them. We're not treating them in an ethical, you know, total up to humane standards. So I agree with that. So, I mean, if we're going to have a government and it's going to be in charge of this and you spend more money on it, fine. But it's interesting that some of the loudest people that, against this whole immigration uh, crisis are then voting against the funds to make it better down there because they're worried about going to ICE and mismanaging it, which is, again, kind of a good concern because I, government does mismanage money more than it does good. But I do think the concentration camp thing is just irrelevant. While it's not great living conditions in the slightest, people aren't dying. People have known about these camps forever. They've been around for a long time. And I'm sure immigrants and migrants know that there's a chance they'll be held in these and they still choose them over their home country. So I don't know what, what to say about that, but. I think the concentration camp thing is for sure overblown. No, I agree. And this might be kind of going off into a bit of a tangent uh, because I see a lot of, you know, I'm, I, I, I roll with a lot of evangelical circles. And one thing that really kind of um, irritates me about Christians is that we're, we, you know, Christians like to say that we're, you know, open and we're kind and we're, you know, generous and things like that. But then when we get to this immigrant thing, it's almost like all of that goes away. And if we want to just look at the data uh, specifically, 
if Christianity has a chance of surviving in this country, it's going to be from the Hispanic population of Im uh, 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 immigrants coming here. Because uh, if you look at the data for like even millennials, um, they're not as evangelical or you know religious as their predecessors were. Hmm, that's interesting. Yeah, I never, I never thought about that before. But you're right. The Hispanic community is quite has a strong religious backgrounds. I might have to look more into that. It'd be kind of interesting to do kind of an episode about you know how Christians how show their role. You know, because I hang out with the same kind of crowds you do. How how they live out their their beliefs, and then how those beliefs are tossed out the window a lot in defense of their their constitution and their government, and they tend not to believe the higher values over their uh their well, what should say maybe just the status beliefs because a lot of them are hardcore conservatives and they believe in a lot of socialist policies and things like that i'm like it's kind of backwards i think i i touched on that slightly that abortion article i once sent you at the writing how basically yeah. it will never change and I'll, I'll maybe i'll post the abortion article to uh, facebook this week and see what people think about it but i think uh, if i do that same argument can be used for a lot of their beliefs so that is yeah it's a good point never thought about that yeah. Oh, next up, um, found this funny. Uh, so VA whistleblowers have claimed to be, okay, I, sh I shouldn't say found it funny because this is bad, but okay, ironic. VA whistleblowers have claimed to be harassed and retaliated against by managers. So government whistleblowing is always like a catch, I don't know, a catch-22 is a good way to say it because the government always encourages you, and I worked for two years at the Department of Defense, I mean, they always encourage you to see something, say it, whistleblow, things like this, but I've never heard of whistleblowing really working out or panning out. This is another example because the government has an incentive not to have whistleblowing work out. I mean, they rely on public trust. They rely on votes. They rely on all this like, you know, pomp and circumstance or doing things right. So whistleblowers point out how bad this is and stopping people questioning their faith in the local government. It does nothing but hurt government all around the board. So all the incentives are stacked against government being for whistleblowers, even though they tell you, see something, say something. And this is another example. They see something, they saw something, and how they're being harassed and retaliated at the VA for it. Have you ever, ever, ever come across any whistleblowing stuff in your time in the military, Jake? Not really. I, I, I don't think anybody ever whistleblew about anything. I think uh, people were actually very afraid to uh, speak out against anything wrong that they would see. Were you encouraged a lot, though, to see something, say something, a whistleblow? Oh, yeah. But but that was mostly it almost felt like it was like a hollow thing that they were just forced to say because they were told that by somebody above them to tell us that. Yeah. I mean, just think of some of the more famous whistleblowing cases, Edward Snowden, Julian Assad, Assad. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, these are just people that just they're the more famous ones, but they're punished across the board. And but if you guys got stories about whistleblowers working out, things being changed for the long run, that do, feel free to share. I'd love to see that. Um, next up, Oregon Republican lawmakers did not show up for work. So basically, they uh, jumped ship on an important on a vote that required a, a certain amount of uh, congressmen to be there present to even hold the vote. Uh, the governor ordered them to be brought in, but local militia said they would not allow this. They issued threats, and even a Republican lawmaker issued a violent threat against lawmakers. The situation appears to be resolving itself as Democrats are, look like they're going to abandon the climate change bill that prompted the Republican state senators to flee the state. But what a precedent. I know you talk a lot about uh, United States Civil War again, Jake. So, I mean, this, <laughs> this, could easily, this could easily have been it. I mean, imagine, like, imagine Republican senators, senators, congressmen skipping state, lawmakers hunting them down. A militia showing up and a gunfight ensues. And even even a Republican lawmaker said he would 
you know, use weapons to defend himself. So, I mean, that could, I mean, I, I'm surprised this wasn't 24-7 news. <laughs> no, we didn't want it to be 24-7 news because it kind of seemed like the, the, the Democrats were kind of, seemed like they were behaving a little bit like a bullies almost. Now, I'm not saying that this isn't this isn't just one-sided with Democrats because I know this has happened before. I think it happened in Texas back in 2003, but uh, it was actually flipped. The Republican, the Democrats were the ones who staged the walkout. But I'm not sure if it escalated to the point where they sent the state police to go out and, uh, you know, retrieve them. Yeah, I don't but, I don't remember reading if the state police actually went out to retrieve these ones. I know the governor ordered them to be brought in, but I don't know if any state police actually risked it for the biscuit to actually go hunt them down. I don't remember reading that. <laughs> it's just hilarious that that man said that you better send bachelors and a lot of ammo. Because I, as much as I like to, you know, you know, look up and shout at the sky that the end is nigh, I don't really want that to happen i hope that we can just kind of talk these out and discuss these things out and maybe that was just a good tactic that the or not a good tactic. it was just a tactic of politics that they were using because they were outnumbered on the floor and apparently there seems to be they were getting what they wanted i think well you said that they were going to vote on that climate change bill i feel like there was a very good reason for those republican lawmakers to walk out when i glanced at it and i was reading the stories that bill would increase uh fuel taxes uh by like 22 percent on the gallon which when you're a farmer and you're real living in rural uh areas of the country that's 22 cents is a lot of, a lot of money when you rely on fuel as your you know to, to for your source of income so it seemed maybe that tactic did work who knows Oh, it looks like it clearly works. They're banning the bill, but it, it brought kind of question, you know, like you mentioned, should should congressmen who were voted into office to serve and vote should be allowed to just skip it to do it, uh, skip it to avoid a bill or to stop something. Now, at one point, I'm like, yeah, you know, it's, it's a political move. Their constituents voted for them just, you know, in their interests. So they're definitely protecting their interests. But at the very least, you know what I say to this? You know, if you want to skip out, totally fine if you want if this is your political move i really don't care but the only thing is since we do pay you to do a job and show up to work at least back pay the taxpayers the days you skip <laughs> no i think i i don't disagree with you <laughs> that seems like a fair thing because if i was making a move in my job and said well i'm taking the next five days off and protesting my boss's management because my customers have these interests you know well first of all i'd be fired but even if they didn't fire me you know I, they, they wouldn't sure pay me they wouldn't pay me for it <laughs> All right, next up, a uh, quick one. I don't have a lot to say about this besides, hey, freedom. Illinois legalized weed. I think that's the 11th state, if I'm keeping track, that has legalized recreational marijuana. So it's not often you get report for people getting more freedom. The sad part is typically this will probably, knowing Illinois' history too and other states, it'll probably be overregulated and taxed so high that the black market will continue to thrive. So one win for freedom, two wins for the black market when it comes to illegal drugs. <laughs> I know they were... Uh... They were like expunging some, you know, nonviolent uh, uh, marijuana infractions or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, yeah, no, no. they were getting rid of it. Yeah, that's good for them. I saw that too. So I, th I think, you know, if you're a nonviolent drug offender, psh, you should be totally released from all charges. Yeah, yeah, we talk a lot more about that. I think it's episode two. If everybody's listening about, I want us to hear more about the drug war. Uh, so this one is interesting too. So next up in the news, Twitter is going to hide offensive 
and rule-breaking tweets posted by political figures. So I got mixed feelings on this story because I think it's fantastic that someone's holding political figures to the same standards as us peasants. But also on the other side, I'm like, if a politician saying something so stupid, offensive, mean, hateful, that's rule-breaking, I feel like Twitter should almost hold them to higher standards. Let it let it be posted out there so everybody can see how offensive this is. Because if it's truly that bad, that's breaking like these decent standards, then I think everybody should be can see it, can see it and be aware of it so we can hold them accountable. No, I, I think it's weird that um, we're even having like a standard of offense because what is offense how do you how do you objectively measure what's offensive i don't i don't i don't think you really can because i mean we were just talking about christians earlier and you know a lot of people do hold their uh their faith very dearly and you know what like even as you know taking the uh you know the lord's name in vain could be offensive to one person but not to somebody else so how do we know what is and what's not i feel like that's just dangerous and exactly it, it, yeah it'll be and, interesting as a because i think social media right now yeah you said it's so up and down with offensive so it'll be interesting to see like if, like i think there's minds.com i think jordan peterson starting one called like think spot so it'll be interesting to see what free speech platforms will deem as hateful in the long run compared to ones that like twitter like will you be allowed to say most anything on these new platforms or will they even have some sort of thing with basically saying hey threatening someone else's you know life or true hate speech is even gonna be banned from these maybe that would be a more i don't know a more fair playing ground of what's offensive if that makes sense mm -hmm. i think it was um wasn't it google that said that they we just found out with a bunch of uh leaks uh that they were gonna try they're try they're actively trying to uh spread disinformation or or to try and um prevent uh donald donald trump from getting elected again was that this past week or was that the week before can't remember. I'd have to relook that up. The only thing I remember reading about Google was basically one of their employees was referred to Jordan Peterson and Ben Shapiro as Nazis, which I found ironic. I wasn't talk about it, but then it's just, it's too much taboo and rumor for me. But um, right. yeah, no, there's there's for sure fishy things. There's been a lot. I'd have, I'll have to try to pull up some posts at the Facebook this week. But there's been things where you type into Google and it doesn't show up, but you type like ask.com or Yahoo or Bing and it will show up. So. There's yeah. definitely, there's definitely <laughs> censorship that's happening I, at Google. <laughs> I tried, you know, I actually, when I heard these stories, I wanted to test that to see maybe these people are just crazy and maybe they're just trying to, you know, stir the pot, you know. So I, I Googled, I, actually, I went on Amazon and I was like, you know what, I want to see if this is possible. So I think I even screenshotted you a picture of this yesterday. I just wanted to see, uh, do they sell Nazi flags on on uh, Amazon. So I, I Googled Nazi flag. You know what popped up? Donald Trump's Make America Great Again flag. Oh and there wasn't God. any, there wasn't any, any, any Nazi flags. Actually, there's, I, I could find several communist flags, but no Nazi flags. It's not it, like I was going to buy a Nazi flag, but <laughs> I wanted to see it. I wanted to see if it's actually a product that they're offering and if this is a real, real thing. Huh. I'm gonna try that. I'm not gonna try on Amazon, but I'll I'll try to think of some things to put into like um, Google first, like Ask or Bing, and I'll try to I'll look Google some questions. If I can figure figure some, I'll post it to the Facebook group and say, hey, you guys got any questions? We should ask different search engines to see if we're about being censored, because I'm sh sure at some level we are, but um, I, I just don't know to the extent. I'm not gonna lie. I was I was pretty nervous that my FBI agent was you know was watching me at the time. 
when I was Googling Nazi flags and he was going to burst in the door and get me. I just call that my secret guardian angel. Whenever I'm scared about something, I know evan evangel uh, Christians oh, cannot speak today. I know Christians are supposed to pray to God because, you know, he's there watching us. But depending if you're like a predestination person or free will, you know what you're always going to answer from? Your local NSA agent. <laughs> so, so you just ask your Google your Google Home for advice. You'll you get go. it faster than you will from God, maybe. Sorry, Christians, for that offensive thing. So if you ban me now from Twitter for this offensive statement, I... <laughs> All right. Uh, so I, I kick out this one. We talked about Facebook's currency last week and how it's all big and scary. And I saw an article in The Guardian. Um, it was titled with new currency, big tech will control our lives. And they were referencing Facebook's currency. And basically they went on to talk about it. It's like, you know, Facebook will go monitor everything. They'll control our, how we spend things. They'll be able to monopolize the economy around them. And I'm thinking to myself, like, this is a pretty left-leaning site, you know, they're definitely a pro-government stance on it. So um, my question back to this, to the author will ever answer me, or maybe a listener will. So is this someone finally admitting that this Fed's control and central banking over our currency means that government's controlling our lives? And if we're worried about Facebook controlling it, why aren't we worried about governments? Because at least we have the option to use Facebook's currency. We don't have the option really with the dollar or other central banks. Do you think it might be because the government might be, is a a little more transparent than private corporations like Facebook. Uh, I don't I mean I don't think they're transparent at all. The Fed's never been audited. Facebook's a publicly traded company. I can still look up their 10K and other financials, see what's going on. And if I ever thought Facebook was fishy or like, in, let's say a a non private a non public entity, like just a private institution, create a money, I could still I could still have the option to use it. They'd have to win my business over things like that. I could. I, yeah, no, I don't buy into that just because, you know, there's, there's some stuff the government's public about, but I mean, the Fed has never been audited, as far as I know, it's never been audited and doesn't ever plan to be audited. So uh, at least I can myself can look up documents from these companies and see what they're actually doing. And if they lie, yeah. they'll, they'll get caught eventually. Yeah, the Fed, they just plan on keeping the boom and bust cycles going and going and going. <laughs> it's fun to go up and down a roller coaster. Uh, next up in the news, I saw Abigail Disney and George Sor Soros. Is that how I say his name? Yeah, I think so. They uh, claimed out to t they wanted the government to tax the wealthy more. So we might I might go off a twenty minute rant about this, but I'll keep it short for this beginning part. So, Abigail, George, this is a newsflash. Anyone can write a check to the IRS and the government. So if you feel it's your moral duty to pay more taxes, you can write all your money to the government. You can you can follow your own convictions. And you don't have to make the government and force other people to pay for your convictions. That's not morality. That's theft. That's the closest I've got to saying taxation is theft on this show, which I try to stay away from because I know it's divisive. So again, my second potential offensive thing for the day. But don't if you're you're gonna if you're rich and you're gonna ask to have the wealthy tax more, you can donate to the government. There's nothing stopping you or every other person that thinks taxes should be higher from giving to the government. And there's a lot to talk about that on both sides, but um. Maybe I'll go into that more one episode, but uh, that's kind of my take on that one. Wouldn't isn't the wealthy isn't like isn't there like the the what's considered wealthy in America? Like if you're earning over a certain amount of money, like I think it's like not even a hundred thousand dollars or something of that nature. I can't remember, but what you're you're considered a wealthy in that bracket with, with when they're talking about or the one percent. It's not as much as I feel like we're just assuming it is 
might have to look up the brackets again. It's been a while since I've read them into that. But yes, wealthy is a little bit lower, and wealthy is pretty static too. Like people constantly changing. Um, I know if the book Rich Dad Poor Dad discusses it. Um, Anthony Davis, an economist, Thomas Sowell, they talk about a lot how it's not static. If you're in, if you're in the one percent, there are the few crazy rich like George, you know, and Abigail and stuff will always be one percent or very likely to. But most of that one percent or that top five percent changes pretty frequently. So I mean, it's not the word when we're saying tax the wealthy more. That, that group is constantly changing and pretty fluid. And there's some interesting stuff about it too. Um, so we're not. It, I'll, I'll I'll read more onto that in the tax brackets and figure that out. But um. You know, just I just I get sick of people saying tax the wealthy more. I remember the companies. I think it was um, last year, all those CEOs wrote saying, "Hey, government tax our companies more." If you think these are companies doing great work and saying, "Oh, look at that, Facebook, Google, all these big tech companies and other companies ought to be taxed more," just keep in mind that's a selfish, crony capitalist movement because they can afford to pay higher taxes. Their competitors cannot. So when they're they're sending their little ethical flashes of being good citizens and you're all cheering for it. Just remember, uh, they're doing it as a competitive move in the capitalist system to keep competitors um, down. So this isn't, this isn't something they're really for. Uh, so next up, uh, G20. I have not paid much attention to it. Uh, I know you're more geopolitical than me, Jake. So do you have any updates from the G20 summit? Anything you should know? I, I actually have been very lazy and I have not been paying attention to it. Although... I will say that I did, I did, I don't know if we had this uh, later, but I, I did like the fact that Donald Trump, when he was finished with what he was doing, just randomly tweeted and uh, to Kim Jong-un that he wanted to meet, and um, Kim Jong-un agreed, and they just kind of got together, and I was reading a story that said that it really sent... Uh, Donald, uh, President Donald Trump's team into a fuss because it was so random and out of nowhere. I know. Uh, he's the first sitting U.S. president to visit North Korea and a North Korean leader. It's like, it's insane. Like, literally, one guy just sends out a tweet and gets more done um, <laughs> more done with diplomacy than tons of tons of politicians, uh, established politicians, diplomats before. I've seen a lot of hate for it, too, on uh, Facebook and stuff. Like, people saying, oh, Trump's legitimizing the evil dictator, visiting these things, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But come on, like, can we just stop playing partisan politics? Like, if Obama did it, if George Bush did before it, if Clinton before it, uh, every party would praise the move. I mean, when Obama lifted, made relations with Cuba again. I mean, he also Iran. did the whole, you know, whole Iran deal, nuclear stuff. Can we just stop playing partisan politics? Like, at some point, somebody was going to have to meet this guy. And you're just, people are just upset because it's not their team that did it. I mean, come on, give, no, give, no, give him some credit. If you don't know, the United States supports like over 70% of the world's dictators in it. And we've been doing that before Donald Trump was in office. Yeah, we so, established half of him. Yeah. But the thing the thing that's strange is, is I, I'm really curious to see if anything actually does come out of this meeting or these, these diplomatic talks with North Korea, because I think we have a very short memory when it comes to Korea and how they actually have, um, you, what their foreign policy has been for a while. And still, they'll start making a bunch of noise, screaming about and launching rockets off and screaming that they're gonna, you know, do this and do that and hurt a lot of people and blah, 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 blah. And the world community all, for all, 
all of a sudden, you know, remembers North Korea is an actual thing. And they, you know, they want to go down there and like, you know, you know, help it out in any way they can. And, you know, the North Koreans will essentially give out a list of demands. And most of the time, they just need a lot of money because the regime is poor and the country is very poor. And the regime needs money to keep those people in, you know, because they're basically prisoners out there. Everybody's a prisoner. And, um, and so the global community in the United States will give them money to kind of try and you know, de-escalate tensions and maybe hope to establish some more diplomatic ties or something like that, but it never happens. Ten years goes by, they spend all the money, and then they do the same thing over again. <laughs> how could it go? How could it go badly? It sounds, jeez. Well, uh, I'll be interested to see how it pans out. But no, you're right. That the history line. I mean, that seems to be what's happening pretty consistently over there. I don't know how this is going to pan out, but I mean. Let's say it all grows great and they sign a nuclear deal and everything. So basically the Iran version of Obama's nuclear deal, whatever. <laughs> I feel like it's I feel like it's gonna be partisan politics. The left will come out swinging. This is the most worst thing we could do. The Republicans can say this is the best thing we can do as we're literally escalating con conflict with Iran for a flip scenario. <laughs> I do not think that uh, North Korea will give up its nuclear capabilities because we know they have a nuke they have nuclear weapons. Like I think they had, we we for sure know effect. They have the capability of what we had during at the end of World War Two. Those yeah. uh, was that Fat Man and or Little Boy or whatever Fat yeah. something. Um, we know they have, so they're not going to give that up because we all know for a fact that once a country gets that nuclear weapon, nobody's going to really mess with it. Actually, at least in a military sense. I mean, just look, for instance, what happened with Pakistan, you know, the United States was pretty aggressive and upset about Pakistan for whatever reasons and kind of maybe perhaps planning uh, some kind of, you know, regime changes or something over there. And they got the they had nuclear capabilities and we've been we've left them alone ever since. So, yep. so. Uh, yeah, I agree. I don't think North Korea will ever get rid of the nuclear weapons, but I do see some potential future diplomacy going on there. Yeah, maybe. And another thing too is like China won't will not stand for like a democratic, you know, a, a, a friendly democratic a, a country that's democratic and friendly to the United States right up on its border. So it's it's kind of scary, but you know, I don't think anything like militarily will happen. But yeah. Well, next up, debate highlights. I might have to lean on you a little about this. I have a few points I'll wrap up with, but I only made it about 30 minutes into the first debate, watched highlights of the second, and I just saw so many economic fallacies in that first one. I just ran out of time. I was like, this this is insane. Free this, free that. So how much of the debate did you watch, and what was your takeaway? I watched about 30 minutes of the first one and 30 minutes of the, the second one. Um, the only two candidates that really stuck out to me were Tulsi Gabbard and uh, Yang. Uh, because when they were actually, maybe not so much Tulsi Gabbard, but uh, when Yang was asked a question, he actually answered the question. It seemed like all the other candidates would ask a question. They wouldn't answer the question. They'd just go on some rant about, you know, whatever virtue signal they could go about to, like, you know, get claps from the audience. It seemed, and, and it was actually really interesting. Bernie Sanders was asked a question about how he's going to sell raising higher taxes to the middle class. And he just said that we're gonna raise taxes and you'll have free health care. So 
it's like you're you're raising you know you're 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 raising taxes but you're it's it's like what 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 are we doing here you're just you're just moving the problem somewhere else yeah at least you finally admitted though the middle class is gonna have to pay taxes for this um mm -hmm. i found one so somebody economist uh, anthony davis i'll read this he kind of posted this it's more more targeted to the student loan problem but it could be applied to any of those politicians saying you know free this and we'll just tax the rich to pay for it so kind of a, i'll read it off it's kind of a two paragraph quote, uh, quote from him um so first like the rich don't have enough money so if you just focus on student loans forget about medical loans mortgages etc um it's about what, which is about 1.5 trillion. The top 1% only have about 2 trillion in wealth, but that's not liquid. So this is important for people to understand, I think. So to pour, force them to pay off loans, you'd first have to force them to sell off their assets. With that quantity of assets flooding the market, not only would they not get close to the 2 trillion the assets are worth, but most of those assets are stocks and bonds. The sell off would tank the market, pretty much wipe out everyone's retirement, savings, and pensions. Remember, this is the retirement, savings, and pensions of the middle class, you know, the 401ks, everything like that. And then second, as much as we like to talk about the rich paying more, they're already paying far more than anyone else, and yet that's what they're actually paying, not on paper. So politicians know there's not much more to come from that well, so politicians also know that the great untapped well is the middle class because they pay much lower tax rates than the rich and they're more numerous. So when they say forgive student loans, or really in this case, we could probably apply this to any sort of loan or healthcare. What they're really saying is the middle class taxpayer is going to foot this bill. And I don't even think the middle class has enough. So no, yeah. well, all we're being told, all we're being told right now is how much the middle class is struggling and how the workers are, are, are have to have 500,000 different jobs every day, but yet they want to increase the taxes of the middle class at the same time. It doesn't make sense. No, the numbers don't add up. And uh, when you, when you really push someone in the numbers, I find their the argument from the far left or like those leftist economists and even the right wingers because they support this and they just don't like to say it it's the modern monetary theory and basically which will eventually push us to inflation it's just print 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 because the government can print whatever it wants out of its own currency as long as it uses taxes to soak up the excess to avoid inflation and when you really follow that through that whole theory it just doesn't add up in the end and it will eventually lead to inflation but it's just like yeah the, the numbers aren't there but you know what? i gotta give it to bernie at least he finally said we're gonna tax the middle class for it so maybe this will wake some people up um but even for the people like you said like yang we did a good job yang's ubi doesn't make any mathematical sense either well i just even if we're still talking about the 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 free college thing and forgiving student loans how narcissistic and just awful is it that there's like a very small fraction of people who have, uh, you know, gotten student loans and obtained these degrees. They normally and generally they get higher paying jobs than people who didn't, but they're they're far less people. And these these like uh, they're more of a minority than people who don't have degrees. Right. So why on earth would is it even just a, a, even a good thing to even suggest that we have the rest of you know the population pay for this small minority of people who have better paying jobs probably have higher standard of living but you know what they need to pay off our student loans because of reasons i, yeah. I don't know no you're right it's insane and uh, yeah so basically i mean yeah you're being asking me subsidized for your bad decisions you made a bad decision you took out a hundred thousand two hundred thousand in debt and you're screwed because you only went you only got a degree that pays thirty to forty thousand dollars a year in the market. So just look up what the market rate for your career is in college. See if college is the best option, certificates. You know, now you get your first year in college online free at modern states. Like the 
there are solutions to this problem. But while you're talking there, I just Googled the average student loan debt. And the most recent one is from 2016. So it looks like the average is $37,000. So it's a chunk of money. We hear about the stories that minority of 100,000, 200,000, you know what, I'm sorry, it's bad decisions. You shouldn't be bailed out. But the but the average is 37,000. And that is just what the cost of a above average nice car. So so if I, if I buy a decent pickup truck and you get in debt for it and I made a bad decision with it, should you bail me out? By, you know, I, it's just like the average amount is not that insane, right? There are a minority that made just extra stupid decisions that are crippling debt, but I, 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 I find it hard to feel bad for you. But the average amount is really not that insane. And the only reason the cost is so high, if you look at the charts, college wasn't really that expensive until government sub started subsidizing it. And I think... The most recent charter hall is like 1,200% increase since the subsidies started happening. Like get, get the federal government out of college and it'll probably get cheaper or, you know, start demanding competition. Like I said, now there's modern states, first year of college online free. Now there's micro masters where you can get like a, a master specifically in like your field, 12 credits for like $2,000. There's more and more affordable options by the day. So people just want to live out their dream and go to Yale. And that's not economically feasible, especially on a gender studies or culture degree. Look look what the degree pays, look what the job pays, look at the debt, make a rational decision. No, we don't want to make rational decisions anymore because I, I think I got into a, a, a dispute with somebody that I know about the college loan crisis. It's really funny too that it's a crisis all of a sudden because now those, you know, those start, they're starting to reap what they sowed and it's pretty crappy, but they, they want other people to bail them out. But what, we're, what this person was trying to tell me is that because they were 18 years old and they weren't really told what was going to happen afterwards, that it's kind of okay that we should get bailed out and along those lines of how 18-year-olds are just are susceptible and easy, easily manipulated into doing this kinds of things because they're not really thinking about what happens down the road. Well, you, just, know, I, you know who I would blame for that? If you're 18 years old... And you're not sure how to figure out how to use a calculator, make a decision. I would turn around and I blame your public school system, or you could blame the charter and private if you went there and you felt they didn't prepare you for not teaching you how to use a calculator and Google and a basic financial class. Or, 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 or we should just like start not not determine that 18 year olds are adults anymore. We should raise the you know the standard age for adults 25 years old or something like that yeah maybe i guess if you want to be treated like a child just you, you people can make decisions that might free up a little bit more that way if you want to go college you're 18 your parents can say that's ridiculous we're not gonna let you do it and you can stomp your feet and go off to your room if you don't think you can be trusted with the decision about your future but you know what decisions have consequences you have to learn to live with them the problem is, 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 is higher education in college or college is not, is, 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 shouldn't be for everyone. But that's what happened when the federal government got involved with it. Was it with that? Uh, what's that student loan agency that the uh, uh, federal government started? I can't remember what it's called. Sally May or, or Sal, I can't remember, but. It, that, but the government basically was like, well, you know what? Everybody needs to get higher education. Everybody should go to school. So they just literally were giving loans to anybody who wanted it. And I don't think that's a good thing because not everybody should be going to college. I don't think so. We need we need trades. We're in dire need of trades right now in this country. Um, 
Yeah, Mike Rowe is a big proponent of that, and he has a lot of cool uh, videos and um, articles about the trades. But yeah, you're right. Not everybody should go. It doesn't work out for everybody, and it's just, you know, we're, we're paying the consequences. So it'll be interesting to see the next debate, see how this follows up and uh, continues to escalate and to free this, free that, and hopefully someone actually looks up the numbers. But, yeah, that and most of those Democrats, the majority of those Democrats promise to pay undocumented uh, immigrants for their pay for undocumented immigrants health care with everyone else's tax dollars which is just insane <sighs> well i'll avoid my 20 minute rant in that but i'm sure the, well, the, the, the problem i'm gonna go i'm gonna go off here but the problem with the democrats is is donald he's gonna win if donald trump if the Democrats do not get their act together and start appealing to the base that they need to to beat Trump, they're going to get creamed by him because they're the the Democrats are appealing to a very a small minority of people in the United States, kind of people who live on the coast. You there? Hello. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Well, sorry again for the technical difficulties. I Jake tuned out for a hot second. Um, I apologize. <laughs> I think. We keep having that. Uh, our conspiracy theory, you're about to say something defensive about people that live on the coast and Twitter just blocked you. Yeah, they did. They did. I was just going off and saying that the Democrats need to start appealing to a larger uh, array of people because they, they, they live in that like Twitter sphere when they think it's real life and they that, that people are offended at anything and that people really want to have undocumented immigrants health care paid for with their tax dollars and that they want to keep going sending their uh sons and daughters off to unending wars and i don't know man i'm just going off but it, <laughs> it the democrats need to get their, their their shit together or donald trump is going to cream them i'm not saying i want donald trump to win but they are not appealing they're appealing to not a, a very small part of the country and that's mm. where i'll end that it's a good point all right, the last uh, kind of weekly news story I had was, um, I'll just kind of comment on it uh, for the sake of time. So Trump administration officials met to discuss pursuing legislation that will prohibit tech companies from using encryption that law enforcement cannot break. So, so much for security, you know. I mean, this is far off from ever being law, but I just want to make listeners aware of this. Hey, if you're ever worried about Trump hacking and seeing your phone or on the flip side, if you're worried about a Democrat winning and hacking into you and seeing everything you have, the, the preliminary stages have been set that might prohibit companies from making security um, <laughs> too complex for the law enforcement to break. All right. Uh, two kind of interesting stories. Again, we'll just I'll quick skim through. I've got some fun comments on this, Jake. Let me know. So I just randomly heard in the news this week, selfies kill more people than sharks, and that apparently India has no selfie zones to protect people. So again, I think I comment on this every week. Just be responsible for your own actions. You don't need government to legislate you. If you're going to take selfies at the end of a cliff and hurt yourself, I'm a tragedy. So sorry. But you know, just don't be done with the selfie stick at the edge of a cliff, and you won't have more selfies kill people than sharks. And this one, actually, you have to let me know if you've ever seen this as a problem. So... 
California is set to ban hair discrimination. So apparently there's this, this bill is targeted to protect black students and employees of cultural hairstyles like dreads, afro, braids, etc. because they believe professionalism is tied to European standards. So I'll admit I'm not a big part of the black community. So, I mean, I don't know if this is a problem. So, but I've never heard this being a problem in my life. Hair discrimination. We're at the point where the government is regulating to ban hair discrimination, Jake. <laughs> I don't know. Like, it, it, that's another thing that's weird. Like braids. I didn't. I didn't know braids were just a strictly a, a part of the black community's culture. I had no idea. I did not know that. So. Yeah, it's it's interesting. And then again, if it's European standards, I got tattoos that show. That's not very European standard. I'm sure. I'm sure Hispanics have something that's, that's things that aren't European standards too. So I just feel like this is a virtue signal by the California government because I've never in my entire life heard hair discrimination as a problem, but it is now a big enough issue in California to where they feel it should be legislated by the government. So, so I mean, if I mean, if it is a thing and if people are being discriminated against by, by you know, wearing your hair, how you want to wear your hair, I get it. But if I'm a, you know, if I'm an employer, I don't want my my employee coming in with looking to have his hair looking like how my hair looks right now you know i brush my hair and i you know do my thing every day but i i you know if they're being discriminated against because of their that they have braids in their hair i don't i don't know then by all means yeah yeah, we could address that as it goes. And kind of a cool thing to wrap up the weekly news cycle. So NASA found a giant golden asteroid with, ready for this, Jake? Its estimated worth is 10,000 quadrillion. When divided among Earth's population, that's enough to make everyone on Earth a billionaire. <laughs> well, once it once everyone's a billionaire, nobody will be a billionaire. Exactly. The article seemed to have a good grasp that this would destroy the economy if we ever mined it. Um, I got a kick out of it too. It's like, well, if everybody seems to understand this much money would destroy the economy, why don't they understand that government fiat slow push toward hyperinflation will also destroy it? But you know, I'll get away from the government rant. How just freaking cool is it? There's asteroids out there with enough resources metal and gold that's worth that much i mean space mining jake right Woo! yeah we need to get into that business my friend because i can't remember who said it but whoever some somebody said that the first person who you know innovates and figures out how to harvest and harness the the wealth of the asteroid belt will be the first person will be the first trillionaire to ever exist uh, there's everything you need to survive is out in outer space in that asteroid belt they got water and you can use a lot of things from water and just <clears throat> yeah tons of precious metals and other yeah. things and nothing gases and geez we've just we've just touched the tip of the iceberg i mean if one asteroid can be worth ten thousand quadrillion dollars a lot of money and yeah, like, even like a lot of the stuff that is inside that asteroid could actually have some sort of um you know uses down here on earth i mean I know gold can is used in electro in certain electronics because it's a good conductor, but yeah. and a lot uh, of medical devices too. I think now they're mixing um, a combo of gold and I can't remember the other material, but actually in um, uh, it's like prosthetics, medical treatments, obviously teeth it's used for, but actually like for like bone replacement and things like that, it lasts a lot longer. So I mean, gold's got a ton of ton of uses. Yeah. If nothing else, it will make jewels and gold rings cheaper. So if they'd mine this, I'll be able to get my wife all the gold rings in the world. It won't cost me a penny. There you go. <laughs> all right. That's it for the weekly news cycle. So quick what it means. Uh, this week for what it means, I got a picture of a house and a hand put it down. It says property taxes. 
Because in the end, even after you pay off your mortgage, your home will never truly be yours. And you know, I know income tax should be my most the tax I'm most infuriated by, but for some reason property taxes itch me just throw the wrong way, just a little more than income taxes, because if shit goes south and you have your home paid off, and you know, you lose a job or something else like that, where you just decide not to work anymore because you retire, so you can avoid income taxes that way, and you're sitting in your house and you just run out of money, you still have to pay rent to the government. Like if you miss the payment things, you'll lose your home, you'll lose your security, and for that reason I've always especially despise property taxes because you never can really own something without the government stamp of approval and continual rent. That is the price you pay to live in civilized society, Sam. Uh, part I, of the social social, social construct. Or I, know, construct. I, know, I know people say, well, it goes to schools and education, but what if you don't have kids? You know, Why should you pay in the school system there? What if you want a school choice? What if you just want the money yourself to decide the education you want for a kid? Or what if you want to pocket the money and say, I'm going to homeschool my kid? I don't know. There's just so much that infuriates me about property taxes, so I'll leave it at that and make that a short what it means to me today. Uh, quick review of War Room. The update in Iran. So basically, Iran has new sanctions on them from the U.S. Uh, they say they close the path to diplomacy, and they're going to breach the nuclear agreement. They're all ready with that, with the enriched uranium. It should be they're at their limit right now. We'll breach it soon. And Trump has warned that any attack on assets will be met with force. So the Iranian... Uh, uh, the continu situation continues to escalate. And you know what? Um, I don't know. I got, we got some time left, but it's we've almost hit our 50-hour minute mark. There's a lot the government's done this week, so maybe I'll cover that next week and save some for the sake of time. Do you have anything else to say, Jake? And I'll just save all the, all the government news for next week. Yeah, I'll just save it for next week. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Okay, yeah, let's just save it till next week. All right, because there's a lot of slides on it. Mm -hmm. So you guys got a lot of fun stuff about Congress and the Supreme Court next week. Can't wait to update you on it. Um, sorry about the two technical difficulties again, and I hope everybody has a great July 4th weekend, and we will might take next week off, or we might live stream it together, but we'll for sure be back the following week. Have a great day, everyone.